Hey guys, welcome back to the Real Talk Podcast. This is episode four. Um, I just wanted to apologize for not having my good friend, my little brother Julian, on the podcast today. Uh, we tried getting him on, but there were some technical difficulties where I couldn't hear him and he couldn't hear me. So ultimately, I came up with the decision of just recording by myself. At some point, we will have Julian with us, but today will not be one of those days sadly but let's get right into it so the first topic of the day is the official bracket for the nfl playoffs the nfl playoffs is officially set we have the wild card matchups the divisional matchups uh for the afc and nfc so i will give you guys my predictions going in to wild card weekend so starting off with the afc because i'm a patriots fan and the patriots reside in the afc uh, the two wildcard games are the Titans versus Patriots and the Bills versus Texans. So the first match between the Titans and Patriots, where the Patriots are in Foxborough, I have the Patriots winning 28-21. to 21. Why? Because I just don't think the Titans are ready to take that next step. I think they're good enough to be in the playoffs, but I do not think they're good enough to beat the Patriots. And yeah, you guys might say, oh, but the Patriots just lost to the Dolphins. Well, the Ravens lost to the Cleveland Browns in week two. Er, yeah. No, 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 no. Did they? No, week three. My apologies. They, they lost in week three. Okay. So let's just keep that in mind. Good teams lose to divisional opponents all the time. Up until the last, like, two years, the Patriots were winless in Miami for, like, five years straight. And how many Super Bowls did they have in the past, like, six years? Three? Mm, okay. Okay. That's what I thought. So, overall, I think that the Patriots are going to win 28-21. I think Tom will have three touchdowns. And I think there will be a defensive touchdown, whether it's a Stephon Gilmore pick six or a fumble recovery touchdown. I think that we're going to come out with a dub regardless. I just don't think Ryan Tannehill is good enough, with that roster at least, good enough to lead them past the Patriots. It's a good roster, but they just don't have the weapons to dethrone the Patriots yet. Um, But don't sleep on them next year because they're going to get, they have some cap space and they could potentially make some moves in the offseason. So we'll see how that goes. But uh, going into our next matchup, I have the Texans over the Bills 27 to 17. And uh, you guys might get on me a little bit for that prediction. I know I've been gassing up the Bills a little bit, but uh, I just didn't know who they were going to face going in the wild card weekend. I thought the matchups would be a little bit different, but apparently they are not. So there you have it. The Bills are good. The Bills are definitely good. And I could see this game going either way. But I just don't think Josh Allen is ready yet. I think he will be next year, and I think he will, for the next five years, he will be ready. I think he'll be the man to be able to go far into the playoffs, to make a deep playoff run. But this year, I don't think he's ready, because this year is his first year as a starter leading his team to the playoffs. So last year, they didn't make the playoffs, and this year, they're now in the playoffs. They're facing a veteran, a young veteran, in Deshaun Watson, who's been to the playoffs and has won in the playoffs. So, I just I just don't think he's ready yet. I think Deshaun will pull out the dub. I think he'll record about 300 yards and three tutties. Maybe a pick, because that Bills defense is still no joke. 
So I think he will turn over the ball. But nonetheless, I think they get the dub. So that's wild card weekend. So the next matchups are in the divisional round. So the Texans would face the Ravens. So the Texans will go to Baltimore. And I have Baltimore beating uh, Houston 35-24. to Because I think Lamar Jackson is the real deal. He's going to win MVP this season. I think it's a lock already. I think... I think he's a lock for MVP right now, um, and he proved it by rushing for like 1,200 yards and throwing for like 3,500 yards. That's insane, literally insane. Um, no quarterback has ever done that in NFL history, and he passed for 35 touchdowns, and he had like eight rushing touchdowns. It's insane, absolutely insane. So I think Lamar, I think he has four total touchdowns on that uh, weak, weak Texans defense, and I don't think Deshaun, um, I don't think he gets past Marcus Peters in that secondary. Earl Thomas, uh, Jimmy Smith, I, I think he he folds under pressure. He's a good quarterback, and I think he can get the job done, but with this roster, and that terrible O-line, and that Ravens pass rush, I just don't see it happening. I think he'll still perform decent, I just don't think he'll perform good enough to get the job done. So, I have the Ravens over the Texans, 35-24. So the next matchup is uh, New England at uh, Kansas City. And the Chiefs beat us, the Patriots, earlier on in the year. But, again, I'm going to continue to say this. Never bet against the Patriots. I will never bet against the Patriots, and no one should. Until they are beaten, until they lose... Never bet against the Patriots. Because even in that game against Miami, they almost won the game. If it wasn't for absolutely ridiculous play calling by uh, uh, Brian Flores. Yeah, Brian Flores, Dolphins head coach. Uh, if I, I don't even know if he runs the offense, but if he does, that was great play calling. Because he was running like a lot of trick plays that the Patriots did not prepare for. And I doubt Kansas City will do the same. So... Um, I think Bill Belichick will learn from his past mistakes and be able to capitalize on uh, Andy Reid, that little rivalry. Andy Reid sometimes gets the best of him, but I don't think he will this time. So I think the Patriots beat the Chiefs 26-20. to I think the Patriots learn from their mistakes. I think they are going to get into a rhythm after, after beating the Titans. I think Tom will be in his groove. I think he'll pass for another three touchdowns. And uh, go for about a, a 275, 300. And uh, I just, yeah, no. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is good, but I, I mean, he's had problems against this defense before. So, and even in the regular season, he didn't look all that amazing against this defense and the defensive player of the year in Stephon Gilmore. So, I think, I think the Patriots get the job done. And that leads us into our AFC Championship which I have the Patriots over the Ravens 24-20. to And I will continue to emphasize to not bet against the Patriots, to never bet against the Patriots. And, and until they don't have Bill Belichick or Tom Brady or just an overall decent roster, all three of them combined, I just don't see how we lose. Honestly, I really don't see how we lose. Like, I think this defense can really carry us. And as long as Sony Michelle can get going a little bit, he doesn't even have to average 100 yards per game. If he can average like 75 yards per game, I think we're good to go. He doesn't even have to act, like have that playoff run from last year, which I think he will because going into the playoffs, our offensive line will be healthy. He will be healthy. Everyone will be healthy. So 
I think we can get it done. I think uh, in this game, though, um, we won't be relying on the pass attack as much. I think Sony Michelle will get it done in the trenches. I think he'll rush for about a uh, buck twenty-five, buck thirty, give or take, and have two touchdowns. I think Tom will pass for one. He might throw a pick as well because that Ravens secondary is no joke. Um, they have so many studs in that secondary. Many elite corners. They have two really elite corners, maybe even three. Actually, you could say three really elite corners. And then you have one of the best safeties, arguably, of all time in Earl Thomas. Or at least of this decade. Definitely of this decade. One of the best safeties in this decade, Earl Thomas, who is a perennial all-pro player. So uh, I don't think that we will be passing the ball as much. I think we'll be running it down their throat. And I think, like I said, with uh, learning with past mistakes with Kansas City, I think we will also learn how to contain Lamar and the run game of... um, Baltimore, I think the way that they beat us, if they do beat us, is through the pass game. And don't get me wrong, Lamar is a, he's proven to be a great passer of the football, but we all saw what happened against the Chargers last year, which granted, granted, he's a different player from last year, but you have to realize that the playoffs are different from the regular season. There's a lot more pressure added on. So I think that he may or may not fold under the bright lights okay because it's the AFC championship it's one of the it's the second or third biggest stage in football you have the you can argue that just the championship excuse me the championship game in general for either conference is the second biggest stage in football besides the Super Bowl so I just don't know if he's ready to to take helm to take the helms yet to lead them to the Super Bowl I think it's possible I definitely do. I think if there's a team to dethrone the Patriots, I think it's them. But I don't know if it's this year, and I will never bet against my Patriots until they lose. Until they are beaten, I will never bet against them. So if they have Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, and a solid roster, which they do, not a great roster, just a solid roster, which we do, I'm not going to bet against them. So I have the Patriots over the Ravens 24-20. to So before I get into the Super Bowl, let me cover the NFC side, and then we'll talk about the Super Bowl. So in the wild card on the NFC side, we have the Vikings, who are the sixth seed, versus the Saints, who are the three seed. Um, I don't think it'll be the Minnesota Miracle 2.0. I think the Saints are going to get the job done. The Vikings have a really good offense, especially if Dalvin Cook is healthy, which I think he will be for the, uh, the wild card. So I think the score will be 27-20, to 20, but I think Drew Brees and uh, I think the Offensive Player of the Year uh, and Michael Thomas will get the job done. I think they'll not breeze past the Vikings, but I think they'll, you know, they'll, they'll get past it. So, uh, and then the other wildcard matchup is Seattle, the Seahawks versus the Eagles. And even though Seattle has a better record, um, the Eagles are the four seed, so they are hosting the game. But I don't think that will matter considering how bad the NFC East was this year, which I will get into that later on in this episode. But I think Seattle beats uh, Philly 30-17 because that Philly secondary is piss poor. It is god-awful. It is one of the worst secondaries in the league. And I just don't think they're going to be able to contain uh DK Metcalf and that passing offense of uh, the Seahawks with Russell Wilson. So I think uh, it's a one and done for Philly. 
And I think Seattle moves on to the divisional round. So going into the divisional round games, we have Seattle at uh, San Francisco, which, I mean, we just saw them lose to San Francisco uh, this Sunday, this past Sunday for the 49ers to clinch the number one seed. So uh, I don't think anything changes considering how how recent that game was. Uh, I think the 49ers are just going to stick with their game plan. And uh, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I think they're going to have that type of mentality. So I think the final score will be 33-24. Uh, and I think the 49ers move on to the NFC Championship. <clears throat> And then the other divisional round game, we have the Saints at Packers because the Packers are the two seed. Um, everyone's gonna everyone's gonna get on Aaron Rodgers this year, which he obviously he didn't have a good year. Obviously, I mean we all know he wasn't playing like Aaron of old. And even Skip Bayless has been preaching it this year, which it's been funny to hear him like say this and get on Aaron how he's aging and stuff like that. But I think Aaron. Has a fire lit under him. I think he will light it in this game. I think he and the Packers will get something going. Um, I don't think it'll be a high-scoring affair. Um, considering how good both defenses are. I think the Saints have a better defense. But I think the Packers just... I don't know. I think they're going to... Like, with Aaron Rodgers' will, I think they're going to will pass the Saints. And I think the final score will be 17-13 to 13, uh, in favor of the Packers. And the Packers will move on to the NFC Championship. And then the NFC Championship will be between uh, the 49ers and the Packers. Which I have the 49ers beating the Packers 40-30. to 30. I think it will be a very high-scoring affair. Um, even though the 49ers have a very vaunted defense, I just think their front seven is better than their secondary. Um, and I, Aaron, obviously, is a magician. So I think he'll be able to you know, maneuver around Nick Bosa, Etc. Uh, Etc. Et so I think the final score will be forty to thirty. Though I just he'll be able to work some magic, but I don't I don't think it'll be enough. Regardless, I think the pack or the 49ers are just the better team overall. Jimmy G in that offense is absolutely insane, um, and Kyle Shanahan is one of the best play callers of this decade. So um, I think he's going to lead them to the Super Bowl. And our Super Bowl matchup will be, bleh, excuse me, will be between the 49ers and Patriots. <clears throat> and obviously the Patriots, or obviously the Super Bowl is a neutral playing field. So no one will have a distinct home field advantage. Um, and I think the final score of the Super Bowl between the Patriots and 49ers will be the Patriots winning 2017. Um, I'm probably going to get a lot of flack for this. Um, and th- there is a little bias. I'm not going to lie. There is a little, like a tad bit bias towards this. But at the same time, with my reasoning, you can understand. All right. Like I said, I'm not going to bet against the Patriots until they lose. Okay. I'm going to continue to emphasize this until they lose. And when they lose, I will own up to it. All right. But they haven't yet. They're still 12 and 4. They had a great record throughout the year. All right. They have Tom Brady, the greatest quarterback of all time. They have Bill Belichick, the greatest coach of all time. And they have a solid roster. All right. So um, I think Bill Belichick, especially with two weeks to prepare for the Super Bowl, I think we'll have a game plan set and ready for Kyle Shanahan and that 49ers offense. <clears throat> I mean, we saw what happened in uh, Super Bowl 51 with the Falcons and Patriots. Kyle Shanahan was the uh, offensive coordinator for the Falcons, 
And at first, um, I'm not going to lie, they blew us out. They were trashing us. But knowing Bill Belichick, he worked his magic, and him and Tom Brady were able to get the job done. Tom, obviously, winning Super Bowl MVP, of course, because he led that comeback, that historical comeback, the greatest comeback of all time. Uh, sorry, Uncle Douglas. Uh, I know that still hurts you, but I'm going to bring it up anyways. I know you're listening, so uh, I apologize about that, but that's literally my favorite game of all time. Uh, best football memory ever. But uh, just using that as an example, that, that's, again, why I will never bet against the Patriots until they lose. Okay, And they, and honestly, honestly, I'm going to keep it real. They probably should have four Super Bowls this decade if it wasn't for uh, the strip sack by Brandon Graham uh, on the last drive of Super Bowl 52. Uh, with the Patriots and Eagles because Tom Brady was literally on fire. He had 500 yards passing in the Super Bowl. Probably would have had a lot more if he didn't get strip sacked on that last drive uh, if Marcus Cannon didn't blow his, uh, you know, if he didn't blow his block. So um, that game could have ended up differently and the Patriots could have four rings instead of three of this decade. (laughs) But I digress. So, anyways, I have the Patriots winning the Super Bowl this year. So, until they lose, until I see them lose, I'm not going to bet against them. So, um, considering everything that is going for them and everything, they're 12-4. and four. They still, you know, have Tom Brady, the GOAT. Um, they still have Bill Belichick, the greatest coach of all time. And then they have a solid roster. It's solid. Like, their defense is good. You cannot argue that their defense is not good. They have Josh McDonald, a great offensive coordinator. And then Bill Belichick, is, even though we have a defensive coordinator, I think it's his son, Bill Belichick is calling the plays on defense. And obviously it's shown how dramatically our defense has changed from last year to the year to, to now. So, uh, I mean, throughout like the first like six or seven weeks, we didn't allow an offensive touchdown. So I think that speaks a lot of numbers. Um, but anyways, moving on to uh, topic number two, thoughts on the season and playoff teams. So uh, I'm not going to lie, with the AFC, the teams that made the the playoffs, it didn't really surprise me. Uh, Before, like the bracket that I made before, the official bracket um, was pretty much the same except for the seeding. I thought the Bills were going to be the four seed. And I thought the Texans were going to be the three seed. And I thought that we were going to get a bye. And I thought the Chiefs were going to be the five seed. I thought it was going to be the Bills versus Chiefs. um, Or Titans Chiefs. My bad. Titans Chiefs. Um, So, uh, yeah. No. Uh, Other than seeding, I pretty much had the same AFC teams making the playoffs. I'm not really surprised there. I think if Andrew Luck wouldn't have retired, I think the Colts would have made the playoffs. Probably would have won the division. They probably would have the four seed, honestly, because Andrew Luck is that good. I think he's better than Deshaun Watson when healthy. But uh, you can debate me on that if you want. Uh, If you personally know me, text me, whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, It's just my opinion and stats back it up. Um, The NFC, uh, the 49ers really shocked me this year. I did not expect them to be this good. I thought they were going to be a playoff team, considering how good Jimmy G was when he like in his first like ten starts, he was like ten and zero or something like that. I don't remember exactly, but um, they were good with Jimmy G healthy. 
So I figured they were going to be a playoff team. I did not expect them to be the number one seed. So that kind of caught me off guard. Um, the Packers, I I kind of expected them to bounce back. Um, I didn't expect them to win the division. I thought the Bears were going to win the division. And uh, I'll get more into that later, get more into them later. Because I have like a whole section of non-playoff disappointments, which we're going to talk about. But uh, yeah, I didn't expect the Packers to be the two seed. They were a lot better this year. Their defense played a lot better than expected. Um, and then the Saints, I really thought they were going to be the leaders of the NFC. So they kind of shocked me by being the three seed instead of the one seed. They still played good, obviously. And Drew Brees, uh, even though he went down, I mean, who knows what they would have been with. Teddy Bridgewater still starting, which obviously in this offseason, he will be getting a good contract. Like, I think at least $20 million a year because he's a good starter. Like, he should start in this league. He should not be a backup. I don't know why people are doubting him. Like, the last time he was fully healthy for a full season, he led Minnesota to uh, the playoffs in the wild card versus the Seahawks. Probably would have won that game if it wasn't for their kicker. Um, I, I don't even remember his name, but he doesn't even have a job anymore because of that shank kick. And actually, crazy too, because he was actually a, a decent kicker that year. Like, I think he only missed like three kicks throughout the whole year. And uh, he made three kicks prior to that, but the game-winning kick he missed. And then after that, his career was never the same. It's kind of like that Muggsy Bogues, Michael Jordan situation where Michael Jordan called him a, a fucking midget. And his shot was never the same. So, um, so yeah. Anyways, uh, a little surprised by the Saints, but nonetheless, they still have a. They still get to host one playoff game at least, <clears throat> potentially two, depending on. Or yeah, no, actually, no, no, no. They get to host one, maybe two, depending on how things shape up. Who knows? But um, the Eagles. Not surprised by them making the playoffs. I thought they were going to bounce back and win the division. Actually, no. I take that back. I did not expect them to win the division this year. I did expect them in the wild card. I did not expect them to win the division. All right. Um, well, okay. Okay. I'm making a fool of myself. <clears throat> going into the year, I expected them to win the division. But then at the halfway mark, I thought they were going to be a wild card team. And then now... Um, I mean, here we are, but, uh, I really thought the Cowboys were going to win the division, uh, at week eight, at the week eight mark. Um, and then going in, I thought they were going to be like a wild card team, maybe not even make the playoffs, but then after looking at the roster, stuff like that, but we'll go more into them later. Um, Seattle, uh, I'm actually surprised that they even made the playoffs to be honest. I thought the Rams were going to make the playoffs. Um, I didn't think they were going to make it this year, but Russell Wilson, obviously proved that he's an MVP candidate. Will he win it this year? Probably not. I think Lamar still has this uh, in his bag now. Uh, if you would have asked me at week eight, I would have said Russell for sure. But uh, no, uh, I, I'm, he, he's, he's impressed me. Russell Wilson has impressed me. Like, I know he's good, but like, he's really impressed me this year. Like, he put up some great numbers. And I mean, if it was, if it wasn't for like a couple games, they could potentially be the number one seed. Um, without, like, a great defense. Like, their defense is underrated. I'm not going to lie. Like, past couple years, their defense hasn't been, like, the Legion of Boom. But this year, they've got some young guys, especially in that secondary, and their pass rush, that's been pretty good. Um, and the Vikings, honestly, I didn't expect them to make the playoffs. Last year, I did, but this year, I didn't. I thought uh, 
thought the Bears were going to make the playoffs. So uh, kudos to them. It kind of shocked me. Uh, I thought Kirk Cousins was going to play a little worse than how he played this year. So props to him, especially after the apology. I think he had uh, like a four-game stint of averaging like 320 yards per game and like three touchdowns a game. So kudos to him. Props to him. Uh, congrats on them making the playoffs. I think they're going to be a one and done, though. So, uh, yeah. And then the non-playoff disappointments. The Cowboys. Man. Whew. After week four, everybody, or after week three, everybody was saying, oh, Super Bowl bound. Super Bowl bound. Even Skip Bayless. Super Bowl bound. How about them Cowboys? Well, they're not in the playoffs. That's what's up with them Cowboys, Skip, all right? Um, I don't know if y'all have seen this, but there's like a meme of Shannon Sharp where he's like, uh, how them Cowboys doing, Skip, or whatever, and it's like him making a funny face. It's really funny, but whenever I see like Skip or like someone talk about the Cowboys on Twitter, I just like post that under their thing. Um, I've gotten blocked by a couple people. I find that kind of funny, but um, the Cowboys are a real big disappointment. I uh, Going into the year, I didn't think they would win the division. I thought they would make the wild card. But I, I, I at least thought they were a playoff team, regardless. Up until, like, a couple weeks ago, I thought they were a playoff team. Like, that roster is way too good not to be a playoff team. And uh, I've heard rumors that Jason Garrett and that whole coaching staff is about to get fired. So, we'll see about that. Um, it's uh, not official yet. But uh, Jason Garrett was making an announcement to the team in the locker room and everything and uh, saying that he's had like a great time coaching them and stuff like that. It was an honor to coach them. So I think he knows what the deal is. Jerry's going to give him the boot. Should have happened a long time ago, but uh, better late than never, you know. Uh, The Rams. The Rams, I mean, they really never got it going, to be honest. Like, uh, I'm really shocked. Like, they, they, they literally won the NFC last year, and this year they're not even in the playoffs. Like, it's a huge shock. I thought they would at least, at least make the wild card. I thought they, I thought they were going to win the division, honestly. Going into this year, I thought they were going to win the division. But at around the week eight point, excuse me, the week eight mark, I thought they were going to make the wild card. But Jared Goff, man, he's been playing really inconsistent this year. Like, one game he'll have, like, 300 yards. And three tutties. And then the next game, he'll have like 125 yards and two picks and one touchdown. Like, I don't know what it is, man. He just needs to get his act together. And I mean, kudos to Sean McVay, though, because he got his act together. He wasn't really playing, like, he wasn't really coaching like the coach of the year in last year, right? Like, the first half, he was not himself, but then he got his act together. He improvised. Jared Goff played good towards the end, but at the end of the day, it was not good enough for them to make the playoffs. So hopefully next year they will bounce back. I think they will. I think they'll at least be a wild card team, but that division is really stacked. Um, I don't think the Cardinals will be anything. I do not believe in Kyler Murray. I think he's okay. I just don't think he fits that system. Um, And the Cleveland Browns, man. Going into the year, everybody had them. Everybody had them as Super Bowl or bust. Super Bowl favorites. Super Bowl, probably Super Bowl champions. You know, like they were the most bet team going, like in the offseason going into the season. And I won't lie to you, going into the season, I had them as a wild card team. Or maybe, maybe even winning the division. Like I, I could see them winning the division. But 
I didn't see them as a Super Bowl team. I can tell you that right now. I would not have placed my bets on them. Uh, and I think you know why, obviously. But um, for them not to even make the playoffs with that roster, like that's even worse than the Cowboys because the Cowboys had a chance. They never had a chance after week like five or six. Like we all knew what the deal was. Week five or six, the Cowboys were five and three, or no, 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 five and two, something like that. They were, I mean, they were still favorites to win the division. Like they were probably like they were on pace to win the division. They were on pace for like ten wins. Uh, week six, and now like the Browns, man, <laughs> Cleveland Browns will be Cleveland Browns until they just get new management. They fired Freddie Kitchens today, which. I mean, to be honest, they shouldn't have. They should have at least kept him for like another two years, because now that's going to make coach other coaches that want jobs that like are on the market not want to come there. Because if they don't perform how they're expected to in the first year, they're going to get fired, and they're scared of that because they want stability. And obviously, the Cleveland Browns do not have stability right now. So that was uh, bad. On, uh, I don't know who the general manager is. Uh, John Dorsey. Yeah, John Dorsey. That's bad on him. He should not have fired Freddie Kitchens. Obviously, Freddie is not a great coach, but he should have kept him on for at least another year or two. But Brown's just being a really big disappointment. And at this point, it's not a surprise. I thought they were going to be better than what they were. And their roster, on paper, they are a playoff team. At least a wild card team. That roster shows that on paper, that roster should be a playoff team, but they're not. And then the Los Angeles Chargers, man, like Phillip Rivers, he needs to retire. Like he's good. He put up decent numbers this year, but in clutch situations, he was not clutch at all. Last year when they made the playoffs, that was like prime Phillip Rivers. Like that was Phillip Rivers, like. Since like that was the best Philip Rivers we've seen since like 2009 Philip Rivers when they went to the AFC Championship or yeah 2009 or 2008 whatever um, when they had uh, LT but uh, this year man he just he like he, he he dug a grave and stuffed him and the Chargers in it I think he needs to retire I think the Chargers should look for a quarterback in this upcoming draft there's a couple coming out that are really good. I think they should trade up, maybe get Joe Burrow or something, because obviously the Bengals are going to go after him. But I think, or maybe even trade for Andy Dalton. Trade for Andy Dalton. Give them your pick. Trade for Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton is not a bad quarterback at all. Honestly, if the Patriots were to trade for Andy Dalton, not not for Tom Brady, but like, like let's say for insurance, Tom Brady retires this year, we get Andy Dalton. I would be perfectly okay with that, because Andy Dalton is a good team. He's just surrounded by a terrible roster. He can't win games with that roster. He has no one to throw to. AJ Green is injured. Tyler Eifert's there half the time. Like, he wasn't here this year. AJ Green was not here this year. Tyler Eifert was here half the time. And who else does he have to throw to? Joe Mixon doesn't really go. Like, he's more of a ground and pound running back. And then Giovanni Bernard, I'm pretty sure, was injured part of the year. Like, he has no one to throw to. He has no one to throw to. Jeremy Hill's gone. He was a Patriot, and then I don't even know what happened to him. He's gone. He's literally gone. He has no one to throw to. Tyler Boyd, or Tyler Boyd, is god awful. And then John Ross, god awful. John Ross has no hands. He's literally the like he's a faster Nelson Aguilar. That's what he is. He's a faster 
Nelson Aguilar with less hands. All right, he's had, he had two, he's had two good games his whole career, and other than that, he's been god awful, god awful. He has no one to throw to, and his like his coaching staff is terrible. His defense is terrible. How do you expect Andy Dalton to win like that, especially in that division with the Steelers and Ravens? Like, they're not going to win games when your roster is terrible, your coaching staff is terrible. And your ownership is terrible. How are you going to win games? You can't put all that on Andy Dalton. Because when Andy Dalton had a decent coach, a decent roster, they went 13-3. and Okay? That was like four years ago. Just try to remember that. Please try to remember that. They went 13-3. and Would have beat the Steelers if he was healthy, if he didn't break his hand in week 15. They would have beat the Steelers. They probably would have went to the AFC Championship. I'm just being real with you. I'm just being real with you. The Bengals ruined Andy Dalton's career. I hope that some one team trades for him. I hope that he gets out of uh, Cincinnati, which he probably will. So this is a blessing in disguise for Andy Dalton this year for the Bengals being so terrible. He got benched for I don't even know who, and he shouldn't have. He got benched on his birthday? How the fuck does that happen? That's bullshit. Andy Dalton is way better than that. Way better than that. The Bengals have disrespected Andy Dalton, but I digress. Uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go into that conversation anymore. Um, another disappointment: uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars, especially with their defense. Their defense is still solid on paper, um, and their their offense isn't terrible. They just need a, a little bit more on the offensive line. Uh, but Nick Foles obviously did not pay off. Gardner Minshew has some talent, so I mean. But throughout the year, I thought they could have sneaked in the wild card, potentially. Um, they're not as much of a disappointment as, like, the other teams that I've named, like the Bears, Chargers, Browns, Rams, and Cowboys. But regardless, they're still a disappointment because they were a, their roster is on paper is good enough to make the playoffs. Um, and the last two, the Colts and Steelers. The Steelers almost made a comeback this year. They almost made a comeback this year. Um, they were on a roll for a little bit, and they they could have they could have made the wild card if uh, some things would have happened. Like the, I think the Titans losing, the Raiders losing, which the Raiders lost, which also the Raiders Raiders were a lot better than what they should have, uh, what they should have been. I'm not gonna lie, but um, the Steelers almost made the playoffs, but still nonetheless didn't. Um, they had a really bad start and they couldn't recover from it. They almost did, but they couldn't. So that's on them. That's why they're a disappointment. The Colts, um, Jacoby Brissett is better than advertised. Um, I just don't think he gets enough attention. Um, I don't know. Their roster on paper is a playoff team as well, and they underperformed for sure. They underperformed 100%. Jacoby Brissett should have played better this year. Um, He's better than advertised. I will say that. I will continue to say that. I believe in Jacoby. I think he can start in this league. Um, he, he started this year, and he couldn't win games. I don't know why. Um, maybe he needs another offensive threat. I think so, probably, because T.Y., it can't just be T.Y. Uh, Eric Ebron played pretty solid this year, I'm not going to lie. He had a, uh, a, a breakout year, uh, especially for fantasy players. But, uh, yeah, no, uh, the Colts definitely underperformed as well. Uh, them and the Steelers, but the real disapp- the excuse me the real disappointments this year were the Cowboys, the Rams, the Browns, 
and the Bears, 100%. Uh, but anyways, moving on to our next topic. Thoughts on our favorite fighters. So originally, this was going to be me and Jillian talking about our favorite fighters. But luckily for y'all, uh, our favorite fighters, or so my favorite fighters, Stipe Miocic, and his favorite fighter, Tony Ferguson. I like both of them, so I can talk about them. So starting off with Tony Ferguson, uh, this year, he only had one fight, which he absolutely fucked up Cowboy Cerrone. It was a TKO by Dr. Stoppage. Like, literally, his face was swollen as hell. He could not breathe out of his nose. That's how badly he fucked up Cowboy Cerrone. Um, because Cowboy, he blew his nose during the fight, which he should not have because he broke his nose. Um, so he won this year. Um, he's fixing the fight to be, which I will talk about later. On in this episode, um, but right now he's on a well. In his last three fights, they have not gone the distance, and he's on a 12-fight win streak, which is insane. That's I think it's tied for the longest streak in uh, MMA right now, in UFC right now. I'm pretty sure. Like I'm like 95% sure he has the longest streak going on, besides like uh, John Bones Jones. Uh, but his last three fights did not even go the distance. Uh, they either resulted in a TKO or submission. Uh, he finished the fights, so um, I think that's really good. Um, and I think he's going to be. I think he's. I think he's going to be amazing against Khabib. But I'll, I'll get. I'll get more into that later. Uh, Stipe, oh man, Stipe this year. Like I'm so happy with how he fought this year. He regained his title from that fat pig DC. Um, I know there's probably some DC fans out there, Daniel Cormier, um, but fuck him. Fuck him for what he did in the first fight. For eye poking Stipe, literally, like, he, that, I think him poking Stipe's eyes was like the momentum change in that fight. Because Stipe was low key winning that fight until he got eye poked. I think he did that and it bothered Stipe, obviously. The, the ref had to stop the fight for a minute. And uh, I think some points should have been deducted, as my friend Tristan would say. I agree with that. I think some points should have been deducted for sure. Um, shout out to Tristan. But uh, uh, that fight ended up uh, with DC winning the fight, the title fight. Uh, and DC versus Stipe won. So this year, Stipe was able to have his rematch. He regained the belt. And honestly, I couldn't be happier. Stipe is literally the GOAT. He's the GOAT of the heavyweight division because of that. He's a two-time heavyweight champion. He has the most title defenses. Probably would have had four title defenses if it wasn't for DC being a bitch and poking his eye. But it is what it is. Now he's the champion again, so he has his belt back. Um, I'm interested to see if there's going to be a DC versus Stipe 3. Um, if so, uh, I mean, obviously my money is on Stipe. Um, that man is... The man has my heart. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I love him. Um, him, Tony, Michael Bisping, a couple other people like Colby. They have my heart. I'm not going to lie. So, um, but overall, great year for Stipe. Even though he fought once like Tony, overall, great year because he regained his title back. And Tony, uh, after beating Cowboy Cerrone, gained a title fight. Now, hopefully, hopefully, this match will come to fruition. But, uh, yeah. So the favorite moments on the year, definitely number one, the Stipe fight. 
Stipe regaining his title, knocking out, literally beating the shit out of Daniel Cormier in rounds three and four. Um, definitely was my favorite moment on the year for the UFC. Um, the second fight uh, was definitely the Colby Usman fight for me, at least. Um, I thought that was the second most entertaining fight of the year. Even though uh, Usman finished Colby, it practically went the distance. And if it would have went the distance, I think Colby would have won. So, But overall, it was a great fight for both fighters. So it was really entertaining. Now, um, originally, Julian was going to be talking about Dustin versus Max Holloway. Dustin Poirier versus Max Holloway. I didn't necessarily watch that fight all the way through. Um, because this was back when I wasn't a full-on UFC fan. I did watch some highlights. Um, it was a great fight. But uh, to replace that, uh, I think the Paulo Costa versus uh, Yoel Romero fight was definitely better. Um, it was more entertaining. It, that went the distance with Paulo winning a split decision. So um, they were just literally, it, it was a war. It was, especially round one, it was a war. They were... They were both throwing knockout punches, and uh, kudos to both of them, because they both have, like, really strong-ass fucking chins, because if that was any other fighter in uh, either position, they would have been knocked the fuck out, like, honestly. Like, they were throwing hammers, hammers, haymakers, man, haymakers, like, that shit could kill a man, like a regular man, like, it was ridiculous. Um, but anyways, moving on. Topic number five, prediction for upcoming UFC fights going into next year, into 2020. Um, I think the number one fight that I'm most excited for is definitely Tony versus Habib, or Khabib, whatever, however you pronounce it, however you want to pronounce it, I say Khabib. Um, I think that fight is the most anticipated fight of 2020 for sure, because it, this is the fourth or fifth time it's been booked. In the last four, three or four times it's been booked. It's uh, something has happened. Either uh, Khabib pulled out or Tony pulled out because of an injury. Something like that. But hopefully this time it comes to fruition. Let me knock on wood. You know, just for safety. So um, I'm really excited for that fight, man. I really am. I'm really excited to see Tony. Because I think Tony wins this fight, honestly. I think he's the mismatch for Khabib. Khabib is 30-0 right now. But I think... Tony will hand him his first loss like Tony's insane Tony's crazy and I don't think Khabib can handle crazy because Khabib I mean he's fought some good fighters especially his last fight with Dustin Poirier this year like that was a good fight or for him at least it was a good fight for him because he you know he choked him out but I, I think Tony especially when Tony starts dancing man it's I don't know. I think Tony's going to hand him his first loss of his professional career. So I'm really excited, though. I think that will definitely go the distance, um, especially with Tony's cardio. I think his cardio will outlast, or his uh, stamina will outlast Khabib's stamina, because I don't think Khabib has the cardio that Tony does. So I think that will be the ultimate factor in that fight. Um, the next fight that I'm really excited for, though, is the return of Conor McGregor versus Cowboy Cerrone. Which Cowboy Cerrone is, uh, if you guys didn't already know, one of my favorite fighters for sure. Especially after he just had his kid. Uh, he was undefeated up until he fought Tony Ferguson. So, uh, or, well, after his childbirth, he was undefeated. Um, until he fought Tony Ferguson. Which, even though he got beat the fuck out of, it was still a good fight. It was still a really good fight. So, um, 
I'm really excited though because this is Connor's first match at welterweight, and uh, I'm excited to see like what Connor decides to do after this fight. I think Connor does take this win. I think he takes the win in this fight. Um, I, I'm not really happy with how they booked it to be honest because I didn't want him to fight Cowboy because I knew Cowboy would lose this fight if they did book it and they just so happened to book it so I think this is more of like a, a jobber match for Conor McGregor just for him to you know get used to the welterweight division um, but I'm excited to see how he performs um, and don't sleep on Cowboy I think Cowboy loses but I mean, Cowboy could pull something out of his ass and, you know, give Conor McGregor some fits. But I think Conor takes this win. I think he's going to go after the strap or chase or go for that Jorge Masvidal fight. But I think Masvidal gets the title shot first. So hopefully, you know, he beats Usman and we can see a Conor Masvidal um, title fight or maybe even Colby title fight maybe he fights uh masvidal after he gets like one or two wins hopefully i think he will if he stays in the ufc too i hope he does because i hope he doesn't go to the wwe that would be very annoying because colby obviously is a really good fighter he's really good in my opinion good for the brand um especially with his new persona yeah he may be an asshole but i love it so there you have it and then the next and final fight that we'll be talking about is john bones jones versus Dominic Reyes. Dominic Reyes is one of the top light heavyweight prospects coming up in the UFC, so I'm excited to see how he performs versus, I mean, honestly, probably the GOAT of all of UFC. Not even light heavyweight, like, literally the GOAT of all UFC. Like, yeah, you can make the argument for Anderson Silva, but in my opinion, I think John Bones Jones, especially if he never got, like, caught with, like, you know, um, steroids and shit like that, uh, I don't think you. I don't think he'd have a loss at all. I think, uh, like technically, he lost, but realistically, he didn't lose those fights. Um, granted, I do think he did. He probably should have lost that fight against uh, the Swedish Meatball. But uh, other than that, I don't think John would have lost. So uh, I think he's the goat for sure, especially with the win streak that he's on, and uh, you know how many times he's had the belt. I, I, I just, I don't know. I think Rays, will, Dominic Rays, will perform well against John because uh, in John's last fight against Thiago Santos, Thiago gave him some fits. So I think Dominic will also be able to give him some fits, especially with how he's built. But I think John's length will still get the job done nonetheless. Uh, like it does in all of these fights. I think John, with him being so lengthy, like his his wingspan and his uh, his reach advantage versus all the other light heavyweights, I think that just makes him superior to all the other light heavyweights. So I have John taking that as well. I don't think he goes the distance. I think it'll probably be a four-round fight. I think it'll go to round four in the beginning of round four. I think John gets the TKO. So, But we shall see. But moving on to our last topic of the day. Um, Originally, this was going to be a a segment with me and uh, Julian talking about our favorite teams. But with Julian not being able to join us today, I will just be talking about the Patriots just to wrap this up. Because I know this is a little bit longer than our normal episode. Um, This was probably going to be like an hour with Julian. So 
uh, just to give you guys a little heads up. But anyways, thoughts on our favorite teams. So the New England Patriots going into the year, I thought we were going to have a 13-3 record, and we ended up with a 12-4 record, so I'm not really surprised. Um, my thoughts on the team going in, like overall, uh, confidence-wise, I thought we were definitely a Super Bowl contender, which we still are, obviously. Um, at the week eight point, I thought that we had a chance of going 16-0. I'm not going to lie. I thought we had a chance. Um, we looked unbeatable. Like that defense looked like one of the best defenses of all time. Statistically, it was at that time. Um, and I think up until that point, we've only we only allowed like one or two offensive touchdowns. So, uh, and Tom Brady, I mean Tom Brady this year, he he was more like a game manager. But up until that point, he was playing pretty solid. So uh, I had really high hopes. And then uh, now week seventeen. I'm still pretty pleased with the results on the season. I'm not really worried. I think we still will win the Super Bowl. Obviously, there were some mishaps throughout the year with us losing to the Ravens, Chiefs, Texans, and Dolphins. But other than that, I'm not worried because we still beat the Bills, who are a dark horse. Remember, like I said, who are capable of winning. I just don't think they will. But they are capable of winning. They have the roster. They have the talent. I just don't think they're going to be there yet. But... Uh, with that being said, thank you guys for joining me on this episode of Real Talk. Hopefully next week or in uh, a couple weeks, we will have Julian as a special guest. Um, hopefully that episode will be longer than this. And hopefully you guys will join us for that. So thank you guys for tuning in and hope you guys enjoyed.